Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting the podcast. Leave a review, post a link to the podcast on social media, or buy an unhyphenated anarchist t-shirt. You can donate to the podcast through Buy Me a Coffee. You probably have no idea how much of a difference buying a t-shirt or even a little donation makes. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. Hello, my name is Richard, and I'm an anarchist. This is my podcast. I do call it Front Porch Anarchast. It's my attempt to make the word anarchy a little less scary for those of you who we're looking for something different, something different than the uh, than the left-right American paradigm. I'm glad you found the podcast. I'm not sure what what time of year you're going to be listening to this. This is um, early spring, very late winter, early spring, 2023. It's tax season. This is the middle of February, the beginning of February. Ironically, I think it was the first day. Ironically, <laughs> that first day of February is Freedom Day. Can you imagine that? There's a Freedom Day. I feel anything but free. I feel a little more free. Right now I'm sitting in my cabin in the woods in the middle of the Ozarks. You might hear my dog bark every now and then. If he thinks he hears something out there, he'll bark. He's an early warning system. He's kind of, you know, don't tell PETA, but he's kind of coyote fodder, um, snake fodder. You know, he, he's an early warning system. So he lets me know if something's amiss and I figure that, you know, with the kids playing outside or whatever, if if something's out there, it's going to attack him first and give me chances to get the, get the kids. Now, you know, I say that he's part of the family, too. He sleeps underneath the kitchen table. So I'm kind of being facetious about that, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would take a bullet for the kids. That sounds strange, I maybe to some of you guys, but, you know, he, and he's not overprotective. He won't bite people. Friendliest dog you'll ever come across. He doesn't really care for other dogs, but, you know, he, he's just part of the family. And living out here where we do, we kind of need an early warning system. So like I said, you might hear him bark a little bit. Somebody fell a tree uh, about an hour ago across the across the creek. So you may hear a chainsaw off in the background. Isn't that funny? I can tell that somebody cut a tree down across the creek. It's, I don't know, a thousand yards across there, maybe even further. Half a mile. Three quarters of a mile. I don't think it's a mile, but it might be. Anyway, um... So yeah, I feel a little more free when I'm here than I do when uh, when I've lived in town before. And, you know, um, getting back to Freedom Day, that's what it was. So Freedom Day, we have a day, there's a day when government says that we're celebrating freedom. It's a national, a national Freedom Day. And then the next day is Groundhog Day. Isn't that funny? Like, it's Groundhog Day. Have you ever seen the movie? I'm sure many of you who listen to this have never, have never, they, you don't even get the reference there. 
and you certainly wouldn't get the reference then probably to uh, to the character who to the actor who played the main character in Groundhog Day, which was Bill Murray. And Bill Murray, one of the lines that I will never forget from Bill Murray is from the film Ghostbusters, when he's talking about how everything has gone to hell in a handbasket with all the ghosts around. He's talking, uh, he's coming up with all of these things that that are going wrong, these unexplained things, um, you know, that Pandora's box has been opened and it's the end of the world, this is happening, this is happening, and then he ends his little tirade with dogs and cats sleeping together as the ultimate weird thing that could be happening, juxtaposition, the, the weirdest juxtaposition that could even be happening, right? Because dogs and cats never get along, right? So how could they be sleeping together? And I'm not really sure if he meant, like, you know sleeping together or if he was using that as a euphemism for sex or what, but um, totally off track. I'm going to interrupt myself here, but I, I think it's funny. And every now and then I'll, I'll chuckle because I'm reminded of that, of that line from the movie, because my mom has this big dog. The dog's big, right? I mean, I don't know how, maybe he's 90 pounds, uh, maybe, you know, but he's tall and he's long and he's big. And he has this dog house that's shaped like an igloo. So he gets in it and he has his head right out the front of this dog house. And that's where he sleeps. It has hay in it. It's right in front of her front door. And if you drove up to her house and this dog gets out of his dog house, he's going to bark at you. And he'll growl at you probably. He's pretty, he's pretty intimidating, but when I come in at night, when I go into her house at night, I'll, or even early in the morning sometimes, I get out of the car, I'm going to her door, and the first thing that happens is, is her cat comes running out of the doghouse, and then the dog comes out of the doghouse, and I get why the cat is in there. I, you know, I'm thinking about what's going through this cat's head. Two things. It's cold dog's big, dog house, you know, it's warm in there for the cat. I get that. But the other thing is, is there are coyotes everywhere out there. And I recently saw a bobcat, two bobcats, just in the field there, right in front of our house. And I've heard them since. I know that they live there, right? The, the bobcats do. And these bobcats, you know, they're as big as a dog. So I get it. The, the, the You know, the cat sleeps with the dog because it's warm. And because this dog, every now and then, he just gets out, goes out and barks into the field, walks around pooping, like claiming his dominance out there. And then he goes and gets back in the doghouse. It's safe for the cat. It's warm for the cat. Dogs and cats sleeping together on Groundhog Day, the day after Freedom Day, Freedom Day 2023. And I'm worried about my taxes. I'm doing, you know, I'm my significant other does the taxes, but I'm still, you know, I'm freaked out about taxes. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. I don't even, I don't even understand. We've got a freedom day. They're shooting down. It, you've got a balloon. It gets shot down over the U S now. I guess they waited too long to shoot what some sort of balloon down. They let it, they, they watched it for a week or so. And then they finally decided to shoot it down. They spent, you know, probably millions of dollars to, or at least a million, to shoot down a balloon that was flying over 
Um, and then they decided they were just going to start blasting. It reminds me of that Danny DeVito meme where he says, anyway, I started blasting. Where they're shooting down anything. I found, I live in the middle of the Ozarks, and I found a, a, a red balloon, a Mylar balloon, down in my driveway. Right? Did somebody shoot it down? Is that how it got there? It's, it's miles from a regular house around here. You know, how far did this balloon fly from my government agent hello thanks for listening this balloon that that i found out here i didn't find much of a payload uh, you know if there was a payload attached i didn't find it i do see that the balloon says it was made in mexico so you know pass that on up to your handlers and let them know that a balloon from mexico flew over you know the ozarks and if they shot it down you know they could come get it it's here at the end of my driveway you know, you guys just swing by, pick it up. They're shooting down anything that flies over. They shot down a balloon that evidently had traversed, circumnavigated the globe seven times. It was a balloon filled with helium or something. It had a $10 or a $20 radio chip on it that some radio club out of Illinois or someplace put this little transmitter, receiver, rebroadcaster, I don't know. They put it on there, sent the balloon up in the air just to let it go around the world and see if they could make contact with it every now and then, I guess. And the government shot it down. <laughs> All right. Talk about paranoid. And they're, you know, they spend a million dollars to shoot down a $50 balloon that was put up as a a hobby, an, an experiment. And and the warmongers, the, the the CNN watchers, the Fox watchers, the voters, the people who can't wait to uh, to authorize their politicians to steal money from you, they can't get enough of this. They can't wait. They they must get sexually aroused at the thought of an airplane shooting something down over the U.S. that came from somewhere else. Never mind the, the absurdity of the whole thing. They just get so fired up about this. And, you know, these have got to be the same people, these, these people who, who scream at everybody, get off my lawn. And, you know, I've, I've been guilty of that before. You know, I don't like it when people are running up and down the road here by my cabin. I can put up with it to a point, you know, years ago when we were living here, uh, my significant other worked overnight. She would get home like seven o'clock in the morning and we'd go to sleep. And you know, it's hard when you work like four on and four off, that kind of thing. So she got to sleep one morning and just as she got to sleep, somebody decided to ride horses right by our cabin. Like they came from up the hill and they took the road down right by the cabin and they're going down to a waterfall down there. And as soon as the dogs heard them, we, there were five dogs here at the time. They talk about early warning system. You know, they're going ballistic and they've got everybody woken up. They woke us up and you know, I was, yeah, I was pissed at that point. I went and told them to get off my lawn, but you know, what, what kind of world do we live in where people where people get so worked up over a balloon 
flying over a geographical area. It's not like it dropped bombs. You know, did it have cameras on it? It might. Okay. I'm told that, you know, if the government wants to take pictures of me, they can do that anytime they want to. So what does it matter which government it is that's doing it? You know, I'm not going to get worked up over which one it is. I'd rather nobody be flying over taking pictures of me. But you know what? They want to catch pictures of me peeing off the front porch. That's on them. They can do that, I guess. You know, I take, we've got an outdoor shower. I guess, you know, that's how you get your rocks off. Go right ahead, buddy. You know, I don't care if it's the Chinese watching me or if it's whatever, Big John down at the sheriff's office that's watching, you know, or, or hey, whoever it is, whichever one of you guys that are listening to the podcast here, if you also have to watch, you know, I feel sorry for you. I'm pretty sure nobody has the cabin under surveillance. They they might have a satellite that flies over every now and then. If so, I mean, that's weird. But you're not going to see anything uh, of note. It's about garden time, though, so we're going to start working on the garden. And I've got other things I need to be doing. I need to be doing other things right now. But I really wanted to record this episode of Front Porch Anarchast because, well, I don't do this as often as I should, and I want to get past that, and, you know. I want to spread the ideas of freedom and and peacefulness throughout the world. And if the only way I can do that is through a podcast, then that's what I'm going to do. I've said before, though, I'm a I'm an unhyphenated anarchist. I'm an anarchist. Uh, I just I believe in no rulers. I don't want to set any kind of limits on who you can interact with, as long as everything's peaceful and consensual. You know, I don't want anybody doing anything to you that you don't want done to you. And, you know, I don't think you should be doing anything to anybody that they don't want done to them. But other than that, you know, you guys want to, you know, you want to meet up and exchange recipes or, you know, you want to trade a rock for a pair of scissors or something. Be my guest. Knock yourself out. You know, that's that's on you. You know, do whatever. I'm, I'm not like these... CNN and Fox News guys, they, they, the guys who watch Fox News and the guys who watch CNN think they are so different from one another, but I'm sitting over here on my stump and I'm watching these two people and they are both the same. They just, they have different ideas of which of my freedoms to restrict. When you get right down to it, they're probably in agreement on 99% of the things. They've got a few things that are, you know, that they want different. But right now, the government has even came up with a way to get them both both sides on board with military spending through Ukraine. I, th- I think at one time they thought it was going to be Israel that did it. Like, you know, it's going to be unified that, that the government sends money to Israel. And that didn't really take off. I mean, that didn't really stick as well as it should have. But, you know, they tried a couple of different countries. There was... Uh, uh, I'll think of it here in a minute. Go for it. Kuwait, you know, and that didn't really go over. Um, but man, they've they've latched on to a good one with Ukraine. And they cannot quit sending Ukraine enough money. They the people on both sides of the political spectrum here in the US, they cannot they they can't spend enough of my money on Ukraine. They can't quit spending and sending it there. I I think I heard on the the radio yesterday when I was out cutting wood and 
loading up rocks and dirt to try to make my driveway less dirty, uh, less muddy. I'm listening to the radio, and the news came on, and I, th- I think they, they're they're trying to put together another billion dollar bill for Ukraine. They're going to send them another billion dollars. There are people right here in the U.S. who are starving. Starving might be too harsh of a word. Who aren't eating like they should. People who aren't eating as much as they want to. There are people here who are homeless, and some of those people are are homeless not by choice. I mean, I realize a lot of people are homeless by choice. And they're sending a billion dollars over there. They're sending Abrams tanks over to Ukraine. I... How much does one of those things cost? They they make a weapon system, some sort of a missile system down in uh, central Arkansas that they ship over there. And I think those things cost between five and eight million dollars a piece. And they can't, it's like they can't make enough of those to send them over there. Do you know how far a billion dollars would go to lower income families here in the U.S.? Can you imagine that? But they're going to just pack it up and send it over there. And the mouth breathers watching CNN and Fox, they can't get enough of that crap. I, I can just imagine them now salivating, calling their, or faxing, sending a letter to their congressman, you know, and, you know, we cannot take this from from Russia and from from Putin, and he's, he's invading the, the sovereignty of, of the Ukrainian people. Do you know whose sovereignty is being attacked? Mine. My sovereignty is being attacked. It's tax time. You know, it's tax season. I can, I can promise you my sovereignty is being attacked. But they don't see the individual as being sovereign. For some reason, they have this idea that a government, some group of people, is sovereign but an individual person is not. And they can't wait for their politicians to act on that. They just they can't wait to take away the freedom of the individual all in the name of the collective or in the name of the voters, the whatever they want to call it, you know, in the name of the people. And and I just find it ironic that it's, like I said, it's the middle of February, but I find it ironic that the beginning of this month was Freedom Day. Man, people on the, people on the social medias did not like me pointing out the fact that, that we're basically all slaves. And if you've listened to the last episode of Front Porch Anarchist, you can get my feelings on, on that. All right, so I'm to switch gears here a little bit. What, what do you do? What, what is it that you do for a living? I'm always interested in hearing what people do for a living. Do you have a nine to five job? Are you going to a nine to five job and working for the man? Do you enjoy that? I that's I did that for most of my life. I never well, I hardly ever worked nine to five. I I spent most of my life in retail, so retail is a is a weird creature. And then my job in particular, which was catching people stealing in retail, you know, there I, I had my uh, part of my job duties were to know when the stealing was happening. So, so my my schedule shifted around quite a bit. But are you one of those people who, who you love your nine to five or your seven to five or your seven to three? Maybe you drive a truck. You know, my dad drove a truck, and 
I honestly considered that, but you know, deadlines and have to be somewhere at a certain time and rely on somebody else to get you loaded and unloaded. Yeah. And then there's all these regulatory things with the, uh, inspecting the truck and all of that. So I never really got into that, but do you drive a truck? You know, somebody's got to do it. And I hear it's paying really well now. Like in some cases you can be easily making six figures driving a truck. My dad would probably turn over in his grave if he knew that at this point that, you know, with a little bit of experience, you go to Walmart and work and drive a truck for hundred thousand dollars a year. But that sounds great. I've worked for Walmart though. I would not want to be the one working for Walmart. Maybe their trucking division is something different, but but it's not. It wouldn't be my first place that I'd want to go to. Um, do you do you work in a factory? How how does how does that work out? And why do you do this? Why why do you or maybe you work as an entrepreneur? Maybe you do your own thing. But if you're working for somebody else, why do you do that? I've had some conversations with people who consider themselves anarchists. They're pretty sure that that if given a chance, nobody would work for anybody else. They would they would choose to be responsible for doing all of their own work, to work only for themselves. Now I've worked for myself and I've worked for other people. I can see the pros and cons of both. Working for other people, I had the safety and security of a um, steady paycheck, right? I could pretty much I knew that every Thursday night or every Thursday or every Friday that a certain amount of money was going to be put into my bank account. And that came in really handy because I could pay the bills, whatever, you know, everything auto set up and didn't really have to worry about anything. I just had to go to work. I'm not good working on other people's schedules. So I found a job. I found an industry where I could set my own schedule within reason. Didn't have anybody really breathing down my neck. If it ever came to that point, I left the job, found another one. But there was, you know, there's a draw to working for other people. And I get it. If you're the kind of person who you don't want a lot of responsibilities and you want to put in your time and, you know, just do your one thing, put that one screw in the widget all day long. And then when the whistle blows, you go home and you have supper and you watch some TV, maybe drink a beer or two, and then you go to bed and you get up in the morning, you do it all over again, right? And you have your weekends, you watch your basketball, football games, whatever. Maybe you go fishing, you know, maybe you detail your car, whatever it is that gets your rocks off and and you're happy with that. And I completely understand that. And I wouldn't take that from anybody who who that's what they want to do. And then there's the the people who work for themselves. Pros for that is that you set your own hours. You you set your own rules. Uh, you know, something goes wrong. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about things going wrong because it's you that's making all the decisions, right? You get to make the decisions that are important to you. There's some drawbacks too. There's not that steady paycheck. And if you screw something up, it's going to cost you. But I, I get both sides. Right now, I'm right now I'm more on the entrepreneurial side. Uh, I have some... I have some things going on. You will hear the uh, our hip camp advertisement during the podcast. You can come. You can come stay with us for a weekend, or for two or three days, maybe a week if you want to, as long as you pay for it, as long as you book a stay through 
through Hip Camp. And we're halfway we're halfway between Little Rock and Branson. We're in the middle of nowhere. If you want to uh, come experience a little bit of almost complete freedom, then uh, then book a stay on Hip Camp with this Arcadia Off Grid Experience. We're we're really easy to find on Hip Camp. In fact, I think you could just Google Hip Camp Arcadia Off Grid, and it's going to take you right to us. We only have primitive campsites right now, so you'll have to bring a tent. You don't even have to bring a tent. You can we can rent you a tent, really cheap. I mean, you can come stay the night with us, and it's cheaper than staying in a hotel. And you don't have to worry about making too much noise. You know, bring your dog. Um, you will need to keep any animals you have on a leash or in a crate because there are animals here that will kill your pet. You know, and there's probably people here too, in the surrounding areas that would kill your pet. There, are, you know, there are dogs that run through here. There are coyotes that run through here. There are snakes. There are uh, raccoons, which can be, they can be fierce. There's bobcats. There's mountain lions. There's a herd of elk 20 or so miles up the road. So, I mean, you know, there are animals here that can kill. So, if you bring your animals, just keep them on a crate. Uh, keep them on a leash or in a crate. Come spend a couple of days with us. We can just sit and talk about freedom and voluntary associations. Or don't, you know, I don't care. You just come up here and sit and watch the waterfall all day long if that's what you want to do, or swim, whatever. If you like to tent camp, consider booking a stay with us. Just search for Arcadia Off-Grid Experience on Hip Camp. Bring your own tent or use ours. We can even help set up your campsite for you. Forget an essential item? We have you covered. Like campfires, but I have no idea how to get a fire started? We'll help. We're located in northern Arkansas, about halfway between Little Rock and Branson. Arcadia Off-Grid Experience is an inexpensive way to experience this part of the Ozarks. Whether you're looking for a small, intimate campsite overlooking a waterfall or a campsite big enough for multiple families, we can accommodate you. Log into Hip Camp and book your stay today. We'd love to see you here. Okay, so enough of the plug there, but, you know, I, I do that, or we have that, and then, um, you know, I dabble in in making t-shirts and decals. That That really hasn't taken off, but... You know, I'm kind of an eclectic kind of uh, t-shirt and decal maker. Uh, I like doing things that are uh, a little edgy and that are centered around anarchy, maybe a little bit on the libertarian side. You know, if I'm honest, the libertarians spend more money than the anarchists do. And there's a whole lot more people who consider themselves libertarian than anarchists. But if you have a design that you would love to put uh, on a T-shirt or if you would like to make a design, uh, a decal out of a design you have, get in touch with me. Let's work out a deal. I, I'll make the decals or I'll make the T-shirts. I will direct ship those out. You sell them. You tell me who to send these things to. I will make them and send them and uh, they can pay you and you pay me. It's real simple. Right. And it's super affordable. So let's do this. Let's I mean, I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not really good at that part. But if you give me a design, I can put it on a T-shirt. I can make a decal out of it. We can, um, you know, if we need to, we'll get a third party to uh, market it for us. How about that? We'll get it out there. And we can control the quality because I'm the one that's making it. It's, um, you know, pretty simple arrangement. And I'll, I'll help you out. You help me out. We'll, and we'll make a little bit of money out of it. But yes, okay, so that's a plug for my businesses, right? And every now and then I do send out some t-shirts and some decals to people who are uh, 
who are at least liberty minded or, or anarchy minded. I sent some out, sent some decals out recently, have some t-shirts I'm thinking about sending out doing the same thing with. So look at my Facebook page, Front Porch Anarchast. And if you see something there that you want, send me a message. We'll work something out. It's, it's tough being an entrepreneur because if your bills don't get paid, if you don't work hard enough, your bills don't get paid. And if you do work hard enough, your bills still may not get paid. It doesn't, you know, communist, communists don't get that. And, you know, maybe I'm going off topic here because because the show, the, the podcast is for people who are looking for an alternative to authoritarianism. And maybe they're thinking about being a libertarian and maybe they find the show and here I am talking about anarchy. You know, maybe they don't know anything at all about communism other than communism bad. And, you know, I get that. But I do interact with people who call themselves communists. And the communists, they don't get that part. They don't get the part where being an entrepreneur is tough. Making things for yourself to sell is tough. Because not only do you have to make the thing, not only do I have to design the decal and then cut the decal, and then weed the decal, and then tape it, and then put it, uh, if it's layers, you know, I have to layer it, I have to get it all right, then I have to put it in an envelope and ship it out, and I make videos on how to apply these things. Keep up with who has received what, and who owes what for what, and I have to figure out where I can get the, the materials that I want and that I need, and where I can get these at the cheapest cheapest price, which is important to me, the lowest price, but also where I can reliably get those from, right? And want them at the right quality. There's a lot of work that goes into making a widget, uh, whatever, your, whatever your product might be. And the communists, they don't get that. They think that, that an entrepreneur, they think that somebody who owns that owns a business is like the devil incarnate, like the, you know, he's evil because the worker is making that product, but the worker only gets part of what that product is worth as a wage. Now that sounds complicated, but, but you know, the communist thinks and if I'm wrong, guys, if there's a communist listening to this, let me know. Let me know how I'm wrong. And it's real easy. Instead of yelling just at whatever device you're listening to this on, instead of just yelling at me not hearing it, you can yell at your device and I can hear it. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash front porch anarchist and hit the message button. It will start recording and you can yell at your device and tell me how wrong I am. And then you just send me the message. You just hit another, you like you hit the end button and you hit send and it just, it, it sends it uh, to me and I can listen to it and I can respond to it. I can play it on a future episode of Front Porch Anarchist, uh, you know, and respond to it. If you would like to talk to me live, like interactively, then send me a message. Let's set it up. I'm, you know, I'm open here for talking. I'll talk to a communist. Um, because at this point, you know, communist has no authority over me, which is great. Well, 
I'm sure, you know, politicians and such, you know, you can say what you want to, but in a way they're communists too. But I mean, you know, your average uh, Joe Schmo, who is a communist, has no real authority over me at this point, no power over me. So yeah, let's talk and let, you know, let's talk it out. Let's talk about how, how you as an anarcho-communist, how you cherish freedom and you despise hierarchies, but you're not going to let me trade my neighbor for some chickens or something. You, we can't do that, you know, because we're communists. And because you're a communist, I can't be, I can't be somebody who trades. I can't be an anarchist. I can't, I can't freely trade with somebody else and live anywhere near you. You can't allow that to happen. But yet you're against hierarchies. I don't understand. You're in the collective. <laughs> okay. As you can see, I'm not a fan of commies or communism or communist thinking. I don't really understand it. And you know what? I can't get anybody to explain it to me. They It usually boils down to them telling me, um, you know, when, when I start asking the questions about, well, if you're against hierarchies, who's going to prohibit me from trading with other people? And then they say, well, you know, I won't, you will not want to trade with other people in a communist society. And I'm like, but if I do, then they tell me I'm going to have to find someplace else to live. And then if I ask them, well, what happens if I don't want to move? They say the collective is going to run me off. Sorry, commies. You aren't anarchists. Anyway, I'd love for a commie to come on here and talk to me about commie, communism. But they're not going to do it. That being said, if you're listening to this episode, and and if you're on Facebook at any point, uh, if you're part of any groups or whatever, share this episode. If you're in a group where there are commies in that group, share this episode with them. So maybe we can spark some intellectual debate. Um, I can think of a couple that I'm in. Uh, there's a group, just a Facebook group called Anarchy. There's a there's another Facebook group. What's it called? Let's see if I can find Facebook here. Yeah, there's one called Anarchy. Oh, here's one. United Ancaps, Agorists, and Voluntarists. Uh, there's I think there's one called Peaceful. That one's just Anarchy. I don't have internet, so I am just. Uh, this is a cached. This is all cached on my uh, on my phone. There's one called the Anarchist Mystic, but I think that's a page. There's a group called Anarcho Capitalism. I do have a um, a Facebook group for Front Porch Anarchist. There's no I don't know two or three people in it. Feel free to join that and share it. Um. Okay, before I let's see, maybe I can find that real quick here if I. Maybe I took a screenshot. I would say bear with me, but at this point, there's probably nobody listening, right? The Peaceful Anarchist. Um, colors on there are red and black. I'm assuming that's a commie. Anyway, if you would, you know, share this episode in some of those groups or on some of those pages. Because I really would like to talk to some commies and try to figure them out and, and, and try to get into their mindset. Because I love the idea of working with other anarchists. I don't see the need for a revolution. I don't see the need for, you know, any kind of physical violence. I don't see the need to vote for society to change more toward anarchy. 
I don't see, you know, I'm not going to play those status games. I'm not going to go beg somebody to be free because I can interact with other people, other people peacefully. And the longer I live here out in the woods, the more I see that other people are exactly the same way. There are people all around here, uh, people that I interact with, even at Walmart or wherever. And you know what? They're looking to do just enough to stay out of jail, just like I am. You know, they don't want to go to jail and they don't want to hurt other people. They just have an idea of how they want to live their lives and they want everybody else to stay out of it. Now, some of these people, probably a lot of these people, they will go vote. They think that if they get the right politician, that that's what's going to happen. And, you know, I try to I try to plant those seeds in there that that voting isn't going to get them out of the, you know, out of this predicament. Petitioning government for less government is probably not going to get you less government. But, you know, let's just work around it. it that seems pretty simple to me. Uh, there's, you know, maybe I'll go into a whole episode about it, but I love what, uh, listening to Free Talk Live. For one thing, the episodes are, the they have a, a regular radio show that goes out over radio stations. It's syndicated. They have, they're on almost 200 radio stations. I commend them. They're spreading the ideas of, of liberty. They're spreading the ideas on free talk live. They are spreading the ideas of freedom and, and liberty. And, you know, they, they have the opportunity to reach a lot of people and, and, and they do it in a way that that isn't a turnoff to um, to statists who are looking for you know something a little different. But the the people on there, they all say, I know they don't they don't mean to be and they don't want to be, but they're statists as well because they can't quit talking about you know the the religion of the state and and. You know, which politicians are the better politicians and, you know, they've got to get these politicians in there and they've got to get all these people to move to New Hampshire so that they can change the government into what they want the government to be. Not abolish the government, but to to get what they want out of government. But me, I'm not going to play those games. You know, I'm going to make it happen where I'm at. And that's that's what I'm doing here. I've tried the, yeah, my early warning system. Right. Somebody's been driving not up and down right in front of my cabin, but they've been driving up and down the hill, and he can hear it, and man, he's just... So yeah, anyway, Free Talk Live, the guys on there, they, uh, you know, they mean well, but they're they're pretty statey, you know, and and they're they're wanting everyone to move up there to New Hampshire so that they can change the government. What they need everybody to vote in the government. They need everybody to be part of their government. And it only works if you know everybody in that area thinks the same. And you know, I don't want that fight. I'm not about trying to, you know, bend everybody to my will. I don't care if my neighbors are hardcore. Baptists who want a strict authoritarian running their lives. I don't care about that. As long as that strict authoritarian isn't running my life. That's, you know, that that's the that's the thing. And society can evolve to that point. 
I, there's no reason why it can't. I mean, we've, as a society, we've had such innovations in other in other areas that I'm, I'm not sure why we can't make this happen right now. I don't know why the guy who lives across the hill from me or across the creek from me, I don't know why he can't, you know, why can't he be a communist and just leave me alone? Right? He can have communist friends. He can interact with other communists. They can all work in a commune and do their own thing and just leave me the hell alone. Or, you know, some guy wants to be whatever and uh, wants to be a full-fledged capitalist. Well, why can't he just interact with other people who, you know, want to be a capitalist? Why can't, you know, people who, who really believe in constitutions and, you know, they want contracts and social contracts and all this, why can't they just contract themselves until their hearts are content? And everything, every interaction they have with one another is written on paper, and they can just be as happy as they want to be with all of these things that are written down in the set of rules, um, you know, and and if they break a rule, then they go to jail for life or they, you know, they're executed or whatever. Why, why can't we just all live together? They can interact with whomever they want to, disassociate with whomever they want to. I don't see why I couldn't have a, uh, some sort of a retail store right up here on the highway. And you know what? If you don't like me, just don't stop. If you don't like the way my bathrooms are set up, just don't stop there. Just go somewhere else. Order online. Whatever you want to do. You know, you don't like the things I'm selling in my store? Don't buy those things. Or don't stop in my store. You know, there's no point in in having armed thugs come and kidnap me and put me in a cage and hold a trial and, you know, possibly execute me because I'm selling something in my store that you don't like. Make you know it, it 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 makes no sense. Speaking of stores and entrepreneurships, I saw this article. I just saw it again, and it reminded me of it. Here's the headline: Women arrested with one hundred fourteen thousand dollars worth of marijuana at airport charged with trafficking. I think a, a a much better headline would be: Two entrepreneurs kidnapped at airport, or two women. Robbed and kidnapped at airport. I mean, come on. They had marijuana. You know, I don't smoke it. Don't eat it. I don't consume marijuana. Never have. Don't plan on it. You know, I don't think I'm holier than anybody else. I enjoy a good drink. But why why are these people being arrested and charged and, and everything? They have pictures of them here in prison uniforms. For their mugshots. Why? And, you know, did, because they didn't ask for permission from the state to um, participate in these kind of activities. Because in Missouri, you go to the store and you buy marijuana. There's marijuana stores. You just go there and you buy it. It's getting there somehow or another, right? So I don't understand why these people, this is in, uh, in South Carolina, why are these people being arrested for doing something that is, you know, that in some places it's completely legal? If you don't want to buy the marijuana, don't buy the marijuana. You don't want to go to the marijuana store. 
don't go to the marijuana store. And I don't think they were smoking this. I mean, this says they had more than 100 pounds of marijuana at the airport. It, it doesn't say that they were smoking it. I can kind of get that. To me, the odor of marijuana is offensive. I don't like it. I, you know, I don't like the smell. It makes me sick when I smell it, when I, you know, on somebody's clothes or whatever. I have a physical reaction to it. I don't like it. That being said, I think it ought to be the same thing with women or men who wear too much perfume or cologne. You know, it does the same thing. It causes my, my throat to close up some. It makes it difficult for me to breathe. It's offensive. Yeah. Should somebody go to jail for it? No, but come on, guys. You know, if you're going to be on an airplane, probably shouldn't, um, what do they call it, hot box it in the car before you get on the plane because everybody else is going to have to smell it. But anyway. All right. Well, my dog is telling me that something's going on out here. So I'm going to have to go take care of that, I guess. For one thing, it's causing me to to get off track here. So I'm going to call this uh, call this episode a wrap. And until next time, dear listeners, be human, live free. Enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchast on Facebook.